Well, before we do anything else, you know, I want to apologize to everybody for, you know, not being on the show last week. Um, you know, in which you obviously know what went down and we got me on antidepressants, but, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I'm starting to feel a little bit better myself. Um, I haven't been able to work out, but we're hoping that'll come soon, too. Well, you know, Tony, I, I, I have to say this to you, that, you know, you're never, I, I didn't know what the problem was. I just thought you were a little sick about something, and then, you know, then uh, Rich filled me in on, on what happened. And I will say this much. I feel, I really know you quite well. We've been talking every week for, seems like, forever. And I know that that dog won the dog on the lottery. <laughs> he chose you. You don't choose your animals. Understand that. They choose you. Right. And, and there's no question that you did everything you could have done and then some. And one time I had a situation where I left a, a gate open and one of my dogs was killed. And that's yeah. even worse. Uh, and so all I can say, if it, if it helps a little bit, you did everything. You went above and beyond the call of duty, and that dog had a great life. Thank you. And I know um, when I saw any time I was sent to you, um, the, the day it happened, it was um, not this past summer, but the summer before, obviously. And, um, you know, it, it, everything happened so quickly, you know. Um, you know, his, his health was declining. And, you know, uh, we were hoping that it was just a, a urinary tract infection when we found out it was much more and much worse. And the vet called up, you know, said it had to be done. Um, you know, I, I posted the time that it happened when he, you know, left us. And my Facebook status was not even 45 minutes later by the time I got home. And I just, because I wanted to get it out because... I knew my mom had already made a phone call to her sister, and I didn't want other people hearing it. I didn't want, like, say, one of my cousins to post it on my page, on my Facebook page, and then other people found it out that way. I thought it was my responsibility to, you know, name the word out there. So, you know, I posted it, you know, and people were sending messages, and Rich sent me a message, and I actually went up to Rich. <laughs> Rich said, I want to send you a song that I think you'll really appreciate and make you feel better. It's a, it's a country song by a guy named Brantley Gilbert called One Hell of an Amen. He goes, I think you'll really like it. It'll really make you feel better. And I said, Rich, I can run up to you. Here's a video I took from a concert last year of Brantley Gilbert singing One Hell of an Amen when I saw him in person. <laughs> mm, wow. Small world. Yeah. But... You know, it, it was tough. Um, like I said, uh, I, my, my company was kind enough, my bosses were kind enough to allow me to work from home all last week because I was really having a hard time with public interaction. And, um, you know, I still had a couple of breakdowns this week. Finally, um, you know, the doctor that Monday, the very next day, I talked to him on the phone. He's been my doctor since I was about 10 years old. And uh, he prescribed me sedative over the phone because he could hear it in me. I mean, he wouldn't give anything to my dad. My dad hasn't been there for a physical in a while. So he um, went there in person. The doctor put him on an antidepressant and said, I want your son in here, ASAP. So I went in there on Tuesday, and I had a full breakdown in the doctor's office. He goes, i got to get you on some shit now. So the last few days have progressively, progressively gotten better. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's just one of those things that, you know, words are meaningless at a time like this, you know, and you, I'm sure you've heard it all, you know, time heals everything, yeah. and that was good stuff, but it doesn't make it any easier. 
I mean, right. the dog is they're just there. I mean, you come home, it, it's not a matter of you having a good day, bad day. The, you're the number one thing in that dog's life. I mean, through good times, yeah. bad times. If, if you're out living on the streets, as long as the dog's with you, you know, so, <laughs> I, mean, I know that feeling with mine. You know, he follows me everywhere. And all sometimes I wish he'd back off, but if I didn't have him, um, can't imagine it. Yep, and, and you know what, and my favorite thing now, you know, everybody, you know, we're really hurt and everything. But, you know, we're just trying to, you know, fight and, you know, think of, you know, the good, good times and, you know, all, you know, all that. And, like I said, it's, it's hard right now, but here's one thing I said. And, and I came out, and I said this um, a matter of hours before we lost him. Because we thought he was still having a urinary tract infection. And we were hoping the antibiotics would kick in. His legs were starting to go, but we were hoping it was just the fact that he was laying down so much that when he was getting up, his arthritis was really bothering him. And I remember we had him out in the yard. And it was one of the things I wrote on Facebook. We had him out in the yard. And I was like, he can beat this. He can beat this. He's a fighter. And my dad looked at me and he goes, he's just like you. And I said, no, dad, he's just like us. He's a penny cow. He's a warrior. And, and I remember, and I made a vow right then and there. I said, Lee, I know you're not giving up on us. And, and I said, I know you're not giving up. So I ain't going to give up, you know. You know, I'm going to do whatever I can, and I'm going to keep the fight going. Because to do anything less would be a disservice to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think animals pick up a lot. They, they, I think they sense our moods. Uh, they sense our personalities. So... It's off, for sure. Isn't that right, buddy? Got mine right here next to me. <laughs> Makes me appreciate it even more. Mm, well, I appreciate you know, hearing you guys' good thoughts and good words. And, um, you know, it's, it's a slow process, but, you know, there's a tornado may return soon. You know, you know I, don't, I don't feel it yet, but, you know, I know, I know he's, um, you know, he'll be, he'll be back. And right now, you know, just um, yeah, what I've been doing to kind of help myself is I'm kind of writing a journal, so, you know, just helping me express myself on, um, you know, in, in the written word. Because, I mean, I think I, have, I think I have some talent for writing. I don't know. You guys might disagree, but, yeah, I think I have something. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear me ever complaining about you writing. You never hear me complaining. Have you ever heard one word of complaint? Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> I, think, I think the time I think Hopkins over Kovalev. <laughs> yeah, we almost we didn't have a guest last week, Tony. We were almost going to play the uh, the Vinnie Paz interview in honor. Uh, good. You know, you know what I saw last night? Because um, Vinnie posted on Facebook um, the IM, was it IMDb or IMDb or whatever it's called in the National Movie Database. Right. Um, he has his his movie and then has some still shots. Yeah, I could the have been part of that if I was a the guy that, <laughs> Yeah, the guy playing him, I, I really don't know him. I think his name is Miles. Um, I, and I said, I really, because um, I'm not a big time movie buff, I really only recognize a couple of the guys in the movie. Um, but the guy, the, the way they have him looking in the one fight scene, Right. Very, very much a um, you know a similar appearance, 
And I know um, Katie Sudow, known best well known for Married with Children, was playing his mom. Yep. And um, who was it? Is it Arkane Allen? Is playing Kevin Rooney. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it should be a good movie. I mean, there's uh, there's still talk of doing the Gotti Ward movie too. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know when that's going to get rolling, but of course, uh, you know, there's big news with the uh, the the the, the oh, not oh so white Oscars. I think they're calling them. Uh, and the snub of the guy who played uh, Creed in the Creed movie, the, the black guy there, they thought he should have got a, some kind of nomination, but instead they give it to um, uh, Sylvester. I don't even know what they gave him, but they, they nominated him for something. Yeah, I think Sylvester got them for supporting actor. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was, but I don't think he'll get it, but he just got nominated over the black guy, which is like one of the big things they're saying is the Oscars are racist now because there's not like a single black nominee. They even did the uh, the Ronda Rousey Saturday Night Live over the weekend, and they had a skit about uh, all the, <laughs> the background white guys getting the Oscar nominations. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's like all these black people are giving these incredible lines, and they're like, oh, and the guy who was nominated is this dude way in the background. <laughs> but uh, Rhonda did a pretty decent job. I mean, it was, uh, it was actually very humble of her to thank, uh, you know, not to thank, but to give credit to uh, Holly Holm for, for knocking her out and uh, congratulate her. And then uh, also she had a skit where she kicked a girl in the head, kind of like Holly kicked her to knock her out. <laughs> So, so that was kind of interesting. I guess she's been working on her kickboxing a little bit. Uh, there, there was a little bit of a funny sketch. I think uh, there was probably like four or five of them that were shown on one uh, martial arts website, mixed martial arts site. And they had a situation where, you know, there was like the, the high school jock invited her to a big dinner in the middle of the gym with a disco ball. And then she finds out it's a joke when they tell her that the soup she's eating is uh, dog food. <laughs> So she's eating dog food there, crunching it, and, uh, and then all of a sudden the lights come on, and it's all these mean girls trying to intimidate her. You know, this is our school, and she punches the mean girl right in the mouth, and every time the girl gets hit, she falls down and, like, gets right back up and keeps flapping her jaws, and Rousey just hits her again <laughs> after she gets going. It was pretty good. I thought it was uh, that was the one skit that they really nailed. So, the rest of them weren't so funny, but that was very funny the way they did that one. You know, speaking of her, Edmund said that uh, there's probably no chance that she's going to be fighting in July. Yeah, I guess I didn't she's tied up with Roadhouse and uh, Roadhouse. Yeah, it's just kind of uh, the longer this goes, you gotta wonder. Yes. You just um, gotta wonder what 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 the mental um, the mental condition is. I mean, I know you guys get tired of hearing me hype on that stuff, but you just wonder. I mean, I'm not saying she can't come back stronger than ever, but the burden's on her. And one thing, Tony, you have missed uh, the discussion that we've had is uh, the uh, the invigoration of the uh, heavyweight division in boxing. All of a sudden. There's a lot more uh, discussion. I don't know if you caught this, but the light heavyweight division is even starting to get pretty crazy with this uh, Kovalev versus Pascal fight. Uh, I saw this on Facebook the other day. Pascal was passing around bananas and making comments about race to the white guys and the black guys at the uh, press conference. Uh, 
making reference to gorillas and monkeys and white guys don't like bananas. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I guess the question is, why are we having to see the, why, why the rematch, I wonder? Uh, is there just a lot of guys that don't want to fight Kovalov, you think? Or? Yeah, I, I, I will get the need for a rematch in this fight. I mean, first it was entertaining, but it wasn't like it was um, a, robbery, a robbery, and it sure wasn't like it was a controversial stoppage. And, um, I mean, I thought Kovalov pretty much handled his business. Yeah, and there's also been some some racist stuff back and forth between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, also, kind of bridging the gap there between MMA and boxing. And one of the most interesting articles this week I read: uh, Floyd Mayweather came out and said, "You know, I used to know Dana White back in the day uh, when he drove a Honda." And he said something about he was in my camp. He would, just, you know, poke his head in every now and then. And, I, you know, he was a real good dude. He, he, everything was cool with us. And, and now he's, like, president of MMA. He won't, he, Floyd won't even give him the dignity of, uh, you know, explaining what he really is. I don't even know if it's because he doesn't know or, or he just is pretending to be ignorant of the fact that he's, you know, co-owner of the UFC. But he called him the president of MMA. <laughs> but he's kind of pissed now because Conor McGregor and him are going at it and he claims he never mentioned Conor McGregor by name but Conor McGregor came out and said the shit that Floyd said about me uh, people have been buried in holes in the desert for less yeah he came out and said this here, huh? we, didn't, we didn't get a chance it's to talk about this last week Tom but I was just like really? really Connor had this to say and now Floyd is saying well, I, I wasn't even calling the dude out I don't know why he's coming after me and then he says and Dana White and I used to be cool so what's going on Floyd's all messed up can't figure anything out but then you have the story of the heavyweight division in boxing coming back uh, Deontay Wilder is Making some waves, of course. Uh, Charles Martin on the undercard there. Uh, Spilka had a heck of a fight up until he got knocked out. and We didn't get a chance to talk about that last week, Tony, but uh, it's one of the best heavyweight fights I've seen in a long time, especially. Uh, I saw the fight. Um, you know, I was kind of dozing off that night because I was doing my dozer here, so I didn't get sick. So um, that night I actually was sleeping on the floor with him. We were watching the fight we kind of together, and um, I. I watched about the first few rounds and I dozed off and I woke up just in time for the knockout. And um, it was a pretty scary knockout. Um, it was a circle went down. You know, Wilder is a tremendous athlete and, you know, he's tall, he's got good punching power, he's got, you know, range, but he makes a lot of amateur mistakes out there. And, you know, as well as he boxed when he took the title, um, um, uh, what was that boy's name that he beat? Um, Benane Stevenson. The Benane Stevenson. And nobody thought, nobody thought once Stevenson got him beat, they were going to be able, he'd be able to stop him. And Wilder showed some boxing ability. But, you know, he just makes so many amateur mistakes that, I mean, I foresee him having a lot of trouble when he gets in there with um, sure. Luis Ortiz. Then you got Tyson Fury in there, you know, acting like a buffoon. You know, that fight, it reminded me a lot of the Fury Klitschko fight when you got two Goliaths in there playing patty cake. And I can see Wilder making a better fight than Klitschko, 
But Fury, you know, he's so so unorthodox that I don't think his fights can be entertaining anymore. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, David Hay is back in the picture, too, but Fury says he's not going to fight him. That was uh, an interesting story I read this week. He says he's never, not even going to give him a chance. But And then you've got sh- our uh, buddy Shannon Briggs there, still out there. I don't know what he's doing, but uh, he's, he's, uh, he's not eating, uh, he's not eating um, Klitschko salad anymore. We know that. <laughs> So, you don't have to worry about trying to get Klitschko to fight him, but um, we'll see what he if he really is uh, begging for a fight with Fury. Uh, but that would be interesting, I think. That would be really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, just. I think it would be a lot better trash talk than the fight, but it would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It may be entertaining while it lasts. Yeah. They're fighting. I'm watching. Yes. Um, and then the heavyweight picture in the UFC is messed up, but we'll... We got a lot to cover and uh, a little bit of time. We only got about uh, well, we don't really have a time limit anymore because we're not on blog talk radio. Listen, listen, I'm going to check out for the night. I got to go take my medicine, um, and I'm a little bit tired. A friend of the family came over and she brought her golden over um, just to, you know, bring bring us a little bit of you know happiness and a little bit of comfort, and it worked. So I started feeling a little bit like myself tonight, which was great because I was really down today. And I didn't know how I was going to do the show, but having her come over, I kind of felt a beat going into the show. And then these two hours have been fantastic, and I thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Man. Hey, least, that's the least we can do. And like you said, never forget what I told you. You uh, yeah, above and beyond the call of duty, you spared, you spared no expense, you spared no inconvenience. And I think at the end of this whole thing, you can look yourself in the mirror and say you did everything humanly possible. And what the hell is you play yourself? And I mean that. Tom, that I did was you know on Facebook. I um I sent you some of the posts that um that I had done over like the first three days. The one that I did within the first hour, one that I did a yeah. few hours later, and then a couple uh, after that. You know, um you know just because I think you just appreciate appreciate them. You know, and it's just um I was sharing them with people just so they could get into my mind a little bit too. You know, hey, I'm a fighter, right? Yeah. There you go. You know, you know the one thing, I, I will say this, um, the one thing that kept popping in when Apollo was, you know, going to take the fight, which eventually does, like, you know, lead to his demise, and he's sitting there, and he's like, you know, we still got more to do, Stallion. He's like, you know, we still got more to do. And, um, you know, I don't want to change. I like who I am, you know? And that was one thing I thought, you know, you, you want to stay young forever. You want to keep doing what you want to do. But the one thing that really bothered me was, you know, there was, um, like, I wanted to make a, a right around uh, later, at the end of last year, I was going to make a video spoofing off of the one Austin Powers movie, because um, we always called my dog, instead of Mini-Me Way, I was going to have my Phillies outfit on, and then I was going to shoot to the dog wearing the same outfit, and I was like, except there's a dog, and I was going to do that video, and then we never did. Um, I had a few other things that I wanted to do that obviously we didn't get a chance to do, and then it was... When we put him to sleep, I, I kept remembering the scene where uh, Mickey died, and Rocky had said, "Yeah, it's so basically told him he won the fight against Clever, so because he knew the man was going to die, and he wanted him to die happy." Um, <clears throat> but then he died, and he still he still wasn't ready. And I remember wailing, like I was wailing that they, I was at, maybe in body he is left, but in spirit he is not, and that's what keeps me fighting and. 
I've still got more to do. Definitely. That's the best way to look at it, because remember, reincarnation happens all the time. There's going to be a little bit of that dog in you. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate it. I thank you for talking with me tonight. I enjoyed having Jeff on the show. I look forward to getting a chance to read his book, Time of Year. I'm sorry I didn't get back to you, but I did read your review and I did enjoy it. And um, we'll be back next week, buddy. All right. Have a good night, Tony. And uh, we got to talk UFC, of course. UFC and Bellator. Um, we actually didn't have, didn't have enough boxing left anyway for Tony to stay on, so that's kind of funny. Yeah. But uh, we got uh, Eddie Alvarez. We talked last week a little bit about uh, him being told uh, or asked about his plan B. Uh, so I did find there was a Sure Dog article this week about him retiring and uh, it's saying it's, uh, it's crazy talk. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was just a chill. So, anyway, uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk a little bit about that before we go. But uh, the big news is the shakeup of the events. Uh, UFC oh, 196 oh, oh, oh. is gone. What a roller coaster. Suddenly, my phone went ringing off the hook. I didn't even email you. Because <laughs> there, was, there was so much happening so quick. Right. And plus, it's my business. Your friend. Because he works easy now. And I was on an emotional roller coaster. And uh, I don't, now I guess there's been another big shake-up today, but I'll let, you, I'll let you do the recap. Well, uh, first, we had uh, one guy pull out. He does get injured a lot, but hey, he got injured Very. again. Very and, disrespectful. Uh, and then uh, all of a sudden now, uh, Fabricio Verdum, they say he's going to have to face Stipe Miocic. He says, no, 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 I'm injured now. I would have fought Cain Velasquez injured, but I'm not fighting Stipe injured. <laughs> so it's off. <laughs> So they yeah, said, just, just, just uh, before we continue on the events, my first feeling when I got the call from uh, Denny, Jeff's brother, Sunday, and then I got the, then all of a sudden it said, ding, 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 you know, and here comes all the calls. You hear, you hear, you hear, yeah, yeah, I've heard. Well, again, I kind of flash back. It, it's weird how things come together. Flashback on Ray Mancini when he was offered the chance to fight uh, Alexis Aguero. And people were saying, well, is Ray being brought up too quick? But then Ray said, hey, how many chances do you get to fight for the title? Ask my dad. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with Ray's whole story. He said, ask my dad how many chances you get to fight for the title. So Stipe, the more I thought about it, the more I thought this is a good thing because Stipe was in great shape after the Arlovsky fight. And he's not the kind of guy, you know, some fighters you just have to worry about. Right. I mean, like, well, when I was younger, I would have been a, a constant problem. I mean, because I, I had a party lifestyle. But Steve A was, knew what's going to happen, and he was staying in shape. So I got to thinking, well, okay, why not? Then, when Verdum mentioned that, I remember I was telling everyone, well, maybe this is uh, good for Stipe's, uh confidence. Right. you got to wonder. Now, I'm not going to write on Verdum either. Because my, my defense of him would be, this is a whole other opponent. And I know there's an old school saying, anyone, anytime, anywhere, but it, it, it's a fascinating dynamic, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of funny that we're going to make it Fight Night 82. It's going to go on free TV, and UFC 197 is now UFC 196. Uh, incredible. <laughs> Absolutely what? incredible. It, it's it's just, and, and, huh? and then, of course, uh, John Jones getting in the act. You heard that one? No, I haven't heard anything it's, about John Jones. Oh, oh! 
Well, see, there's just so much going on this week. Oh, wait, did he say something about, like, I'd fight for the title? Didn't he say something like, yeah, I'd fight for that title? Here's what John Jones said. I'll step up to fight Stipe. But at first of all, as Jones just saying this, then they even went out that Stipe didn't want that fight. But then Greg Curley just denied that Stipe didn't want the fight. Right. But, you know, it gets to a certain point that if, if, you're, if you're next in line for a title shot, you got to stay active. But still, oh, I, 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 I'm telling you, I've just never seen anything quite like it. Right. I mean, um, just absolutely amazing. Um, and, and there is a lot of talk. There was a, uh, a video of Cain Velasquez. You may have caught this on the underground. One of those threads on there that showed him are more of a shaper. Right. And they're not the kind of thing that you do, you know, like herky-jerky real quick. And I think, I don't know if it's his training methods, but I know one thing. Can you imagine being in a room with the Fertitta brothers and Dana White when they're talking about that effing AKA? Can you imagine hmm. the rampage Dana White had to be on about that? Because he's written on him before. We've right. talked about this before. Yeah. Ugh. Unbelievable. Uh, we yeah. also have uh, UFC on Fox 18 coming up uh, this weekend, January 30th. Here, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, uh, uh, Anthony's about a three to one. I, I, I think the odds on him. I think he's about minus uh, 300 or something, and the Bader's probably plus 250. Yeah. Um. Uh, what, what, what's your gut on that? I like Johnson. I mean, I think he just got gassed out. He kind of pulled a. Um, uh, Shane Carwin versus Brock Lesnar against uh, uh, Cormier. He got gassed out trying to knock him out, and just uh, you know, all the all the muscles got locked up, and, and it was kind of like uh, once uh, Cormier got the chance to use his red. I, 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 that phrase is so addictive, <laughs> so, and I've caught myself saying it sometimes. Been a little little restaurant when I get too much. I like Johnson. The, the waitress, right, you know, I was out there taking the ball as well as wide in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> all these people were looking over at me, you know, but, well, I don't it's know because that is his it. style. Yes. That's his, that's his, his intimidation factor. That you know he's coming out to do head money. And I don't know, I mean, if, if almost I'm in his corner, I'm thinking, well, go with your strength. Right. Because I they might not you know be on the Mount Rushmore of physique, but Josh Barnett and Ben Rothwell will be coming in in the co-main event to try to knock each other out, that's for sure. I don't see this one getting past the first round. Yeah, uh, but if it does, it could be a real fucking that, war. That's a fa- and and actually, uh, Rothwell is a slight dog in that fight. Yeah. I kind of figured that it, would, it wouldn't be that way, but uh, wow, that's a tough one. Uh, and, and I like both guys. I got to meet Ben Rothwell at the first Fight night at the Flats up in Cleveland back in 2005. Real gentleman. Nice guy. Barnett's really smart guy. Barnett has a piece of my heart, too. He's old school. I remember going back to fighting Pedro Hizzo back in the late 90s and Randy Couture. So, oh, I'm going back and forth on that one. I mean, that's just damn near a pick'em. Even Um, though uh, Donald Trump uh, has been big in the news, probably doesn't like him too much because he helped destroy affliction, which Donald Trump was... (laughs) A part of at the time, 
But, uh, yeah, Josh goes way back. Uh, he's had some ups and downs. He's had some steroid issues. Rothwell has, uh, has had some controversy, but more over his uh, post-fight reactions. Well, but uh, I'm, I'm telling you, Barnett. He's on a streak. He's on a little bit of a streak. And, and he's, he's seen everything. Like you said, it embedded. What haven't I seen? What's he going to throw at me that I haven't seen? So right. I'm excited. And I know you're about to get to the Bantamweight fight, and that could be the fight of the night. Yuri Alcantara versus Jimmy Rivera. Yuri's 32 and 6. 38 fights to his credit. Jimmy is 18 and 1. So you've got the young talent uh, who's only lost once against the, the veteran there. Then you've got Sage Northcutt undefeated at 7 and 0 going up against Brian Barbarino. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been supposed to be posting yeah, every day on the website. Find but, embedded. Uh, it, it, and I'm, I'm sure you can. Right. It's probably all over. You know, I'm sure you, <laughs> you're an expert Google it. But uh, this Brazilian comes from an island in the northern part of the Amazon. I mean, it's almost like <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, it's just, wow. I mean, I'm, we're talking like what century is this, you know? And uh, this, is, this is really setting up to be a bond burger. Because this Jimmy Rivera is uh, just a high energy, ever ready bunny guy. Uh, it's, it's almost they remind me of uh, Skinny Simone. Yeah. Oh, it's, they do a lot of uh, almost like sumo wrestling. I don't know. You'll have to see him better. It's fascinating. But I'll check that, it out. that should be a good one. I'll post it on uh, Fight News Unlimited too. No, we don't do a lot of UFC stuff on there for personal reasons. <laughs> and because they don't send yeah. us anything, obviously. You know, Dana White friended me on Google. Oh, I thought that was funny. Obviously, a fake. Yeah, 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 that was good. <laughs> uh, Tarek Safadine also on this card against Jake Ellenberger. You've got an a ex Strike Force veteran there against uh, Ellenberger, who's been around the coming off uh, the, um, the big uh, Brazil show of the Ultimate Fighter. He's going in against Olivier Aubin Mercier, who's only got one loss to seven wins. And a big uh, test for Kevin Casey coming in at nine and three, going up against Rafael Natal, who is twenty-six and one, twenty wins, six losses, one draw. Uh, it doesn't look good on paper, but you don't know. Maybe they know something we don't about this one as far as competitiveness. Uh, and we got a bunch of other ones we're not really going to get to, but uh, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres, we got to mention him. He's on the card, ten and eight. Event tomorrow night. Uh, which was supposed to be a little bit bigger than it was. Uh, we were supposed to have Paul Daly and Josh Koshik on the same card, but now we've got Paul Daly headlining against Andy Urich. Daly is 37-13-2. Urich is 11-5. We've got Chris Honeycutt fighting Paul Bradley for the second time here. Honeycutt uh, undefeated at 6-0. Bradley is 22-6. That's the co-main event. Uh, Tony Johnson coming in. At 9-2, we'll be fighting Raphael Butler, who's 9-1-1. One, one. Looks like those guys are heavyweights from their pictures. Anyway. He is 10-3. I don't know if he's had a Bellator fight already, but... Uh, yes, yeah, he has, and, and he won. A bit. So he won, his, he won his Bellator debut. Uh, just as an aside, do we know what happened to Josh Koshchak? Why he's not fighting Paul Daly? It was an injury. Uh, he got injured yeah. in training. Uh, I think it was a knee. Nothing too serious that's going to prevent him from coming back for another fight but uh, it's just going to basically delay this whole rematch between him and Paul Daly because it was pretty much being set up for their next fight now obviously Josh has got to get a two no it's obviously not a work but we'll see we'll see who, who he gets but I'm, I'm going to be pretty shocked if they put him up against a title holder or something for his first fight 
uh, or a world beater, as they say. But as I mentioned, uh, Eddie Alvarez back in the news. Uh, this is kind of funny. Um, he is saying that his effort against Anthony Pettis might not have pleased a lot of fans, but uh, it's all about not taking damage. Uh, and, and this is his exact quote. I've taken a lot of damage over these last couple of years and been in these wars that I didn't need to necessarily be in. Just being on point, if you look at it, because um, we also didn't get a chance to talk about Carl Frotch coming out and saying there should be an age limit for professional boxing. Uh, and here's a guy where the, the pundits out there, like uh, Ariel Helwani, who's I don't think ever had a professional fight in his life, trying to tell uh, Alvarez that he needs to think about retirement or Plan B. And uh, he instead of his uh, idea of Plan B, uh, Ariel's... Uh, Alvarez's plan B is let's fight smarter rather than quit fighting. Let's just do it smarter. Damage because of it. Hopefully I can keep my head about me somewhat and keep a longer career because of it. Um, he also says some interesting things about the pay uh, scene, which is really why I wanted to read this, these quotes by him in this article on Sherdog. Uh, he says, I still lose sleep at night thinking about not wanting to go back to construction. No matter how successful I am, the thought is still there. The pain of waking up and doing a job I don't want to do for someone who is making more money than I am is something that is never going to leave me. Uh, so, <laughs> kind of funny that I, I saw this in the... <laughs> Exponentially more yes, money. Yes, and it's kind of a shame, but it's another reason why i got to write the book uh, to, to point out that kind of stuff. But he says, I don't consider this a career. It's more of an opportunity that I want to take full advantage of. Uh, and he says, especially with four children and doing what I do. Um, and, and he says, I'm doing my best and I never rest easy. I haven't, no matter what belt or what ranking I hold, I never rest easy. It just doesn't happen for me. I feel like there's always some 20-year-old kid out there who lives in a gym and is training day and night. That's my competition. Which is true. Um, for a Costco order. <laughs> Wow. You know, so here's a guy who's trying to get a title shot and trying to uh, make a case that he had a great fight, and uh, he's criticizing one of the deals the organization made, which has been criticized by a lot of other fighters. But, I mean, it kind of illustrates a trend that we're seeing here here uh, with Verdum. Would you have seen that five years ago, you think, Tom, where a fighter says, all right, well, they're going to give me a different opponent. So even though I would have fought uh, injured against Velasquez, I won't fight injured against this guy. I wouldn't he be crucified by the previous administration? In, in some of the tournaments, like I remember UFC 3 with Emmanuel Yarborough, yeah. uh, when he was knocked out by Keith Hackney, and that, you remember that, yeah, I'm sure you've seen the video of that one. That, that's an internet sensation. But I remember he got $1,000 for that. Right. He passed away recently, too, Emmanuel Yarborough. Mm -hmm. Classic, uh, classic yeah, guy. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, the point being that it, you were it, money was just not an issue back then, right? Because uh, they just wanted. I think even the winner of some of these things, well, Royce Gracie and these uh, Alvarez. There's no retirement going on anytime soon. I invest my money as good as I can, but the possibility of working again is a reality. It's a reality for any one of these fighters. Uh, that's that's very true, and I kind of wonder why he left Bellator because. There's a lot of rumors now that uh, a lot of these free agents are going to start looking around now and think, well, especially with that rising in Japan, that the UFC may not have that much of a stranglehold. We'll see how that plays out.
Yeah, well, I mean, it's not so much that they don't have the stranglehold. I think they still have it, but they're finally doing a man who doesn't say anything, keeps his head down, and gets the paycheck. But now they're starting to say, well, this deal is so bad, I can't afford not to speak up. Uh, even if it does not does end up pissing their bosses off, they don't care anymore like they used to. Uh, because it, there is that competition that there never used to be, and it's not going away. Uh, and even if they have to do freak show fights like this Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie thing again, uh, it's like Trump. When Trump does something outrageous, people are going to talk about it, whether it's a good fight it, or not. It, it, people exactly. are going to talk about we, it because it's so it's, crazy. We've become a nation of idiots. And this is before the Internet, and now we have sound bites even quicker. But everything is just short, and he feels television, uh, he was saying this in the 80s, television was so responsible because television acts like it's teaching us something serious, and in reality, if, if the intellectual content gets a little too heavy, we can change the channel. <laughs> and you, you can't learn a serious topic, be it mathematics, philosophy, history, and, and every tense, you know, every ten minutes, pop, pop, there's fans, there's a commercial, you know, it, it just... And, and a freak show society. I mean, uh, as far as uh, Gracie and Shamrock, well, to me, it's unfinished business for the '90s. Now, you weren't watching it then, but I kind of get the feeling you can you can catch the uh, freak show app, uh, <laughs> you know, atmosphere about it, yeah. and so people can say what they want, but it is entertaining. Right. And, and, and the, the other part of it is too. I mean. Viacom owns Bellator. They're a big multi-million dollar corporation. Uh, you think they could crush the UFC if they really wanted to? If they really put all their backing behind it? Uh, but they're kind of doing it slowly. And they're kind of they're doing it smartly more than anything because they know that they're, they've got it on free TV. They're never going to be able to have a paper difference. And once and, you start and, to see these contracts the run out, options available, right? Yes, yes, and and that's huge because, uh, like the UFC, I mean, they're not just losing fighters over this; they're losing people and companies and income that used to be there that's not there anymore, just right. because Reebok is saying they're going to put it there in a big chunk of themselves. Like like Alvarez, the majority of them are doing it for the family. Not doing it for themselves anymore. Uh, they're not doing it for the glory like they used to. So they, they depend on this money, uh, and they work well, I, very I, hard I, I for don't, it. I they don't blame them at all. I mean, if I were in Alvarez's situation, I mean, even if you don't have a family, right. but especially with that, when you've got uh, you know four mouths to feed, come on. I mean, you're, look at King Velasquez. He, his body may be finished. Right. I mean, I hope it's, I hope it's not. I mean, I want to see him get back in there, but. Who knows? I mean, because now... That only Reebok now is paying them for, that's the time when they need their sponsors, when they're injured, because, you know, their sponsors can say, hey, well, we'll set up an event for you, we'll pay you to go, you know, hawk our brand somewhere. And now you're not even having these people get that opportunity because they can't do anything during fight week if they do sponsor these guys. So they're right, like, why right. bother and, at and, all? And you have to wonder also, and again, maybe I'm old and bitter and out of it and everything, but for the life of me, Rich, I cannot imagine walking around wearing those clothes. <laughs> yeah, the Reebok I, I, clothes, I, yeah. I, 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 I that they had in the old ones with the big symbol in the center of the cage. Right. And that was what the T-shirt was with the big octagon. Oh, I was proud of that then. <laughs> and, and all through the, the late 90s and early 2000s at the small shows, there were all kinds of great T-shirts. But can you imagine? I, mm -hmm. I, 
like this one guy, what you see? He says, he's afraid some, <laughs> and, and the, the frenzy was so politically incorrect. He says, I'm afraid some fag from a spin class huh. in his spandex would come up and slap me if I was wearing that Reebok shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible thing to say. I'm pretty good. And then uh, she doesn't even have a Reebok kit made, available. Uh-oh. Lord does not even God. have uh, I, I, the I ability mean, for it, her fans to make her money. I, I just, maybe I'm wrong, because I've been wrong about a lot of things. I'm humble. But for the life of me, I just can't see anyone's, man, i got to spend $130 and, and get that whole outfit. I don't imagine <laughs> walking in my neighborhood biker bar wearing that. I mean, yeah. my God. No. You know, I, don't, I, I just see like a terrible miscalculation what they've done. It's, uh, it's exponentially starting to get worse, I think, with writers. That's a long time to have no access to these sponsors that put them on the map. Uh, you know, they're stuck in the middle of this contract. They they, they signed on the dotted line. They're, they're getting there. And, and, yeah, and sponsors that you found that you have an emotional connection with that you could be proud of. Right. It, it's not a cold, soulless corporation. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm throwing my personal views into that too but a corporation big corporations to me are just lifeless uh, i don't know i'm getting tired i guess and the fatitas about how shady the fatitas are and their business practices and all that and say don't even invest in this it's not worth it because they're going to find a way to enrich themselves before you and lo and behold the the, the headlines today for uh station casinos they're not doing their IPO because of market conditions. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to write the piece now. No, but I will. But uh, this is the greatest line in this whole article about Eddie Alvarez. There's a couple quotes of his at the end. He says, I will have the UFC title. If I die tomorrow, I die a happy man 100%. But more of proving... And um, But he also adds, uh, all these lessons I'm trying to teach my kids is manifest impressionable. When it manifests and it happens, they're going to go, holy shit, Dad, talk the talk. He walked the walk. He made it happen. He made his dream come true. Uh, and in a sport like that, that means something more than in a sport where you go onto the field with a shitload of pads or with a whole team. I mean, you're putting your life on the line, like you said earlier, and, and your safety and your health. Uh, so I really think the UFC and, the, and these Fertitta brothers who, who spend money like it's going out of style uh, need to start thinking about that more. And, and in the future when they... I mean, I would never give a world-class athlete advice. Come on. Right. One man in a million gets to that level. And, and I told you that time that I ran Barkley called on the psychic line. And I just said, well, I ran all kidding. Because I had to call back at his house because it was charged in so much money. And I felt bad for him. But like I said, you know, only you know if you can keep going. And you don't even know until you're deep in the training. Right. I says, but right now, I, it sounds like you've got the itch. You've got to give it one more shot and, and, and go from there. But, I mean, I, all I can do is say I'm a fan. I wish you the best. But ultimately, that's your... The golden boy of the MMA reporters, you know. Um, and, and he, he kind of kids with a lot of fighters like he knows them better than he really does. But... I always hate when I hear somebody who has not really had that actual fighting experience. You know, like Dan Raphael. <laughs> not only not had the athletic experience, but doesn't even look like he's lifted a weight his entire <laughs> life. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, like he knows all that, about it. There was, there was a guy back in L.A. that worked for the L.A. Herald Examiner in the 80s, uh, Alan Malamut. And he was... Wow. And I was like, my God, how do you... How do you do that? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you get that? I mean, if, if you would be a lot of fun getting there, I, I can't <laughs> get there. I don't know. I, I get to a certain point, I'm stopped. I can't keep shoveling it. That's why I'm a wimp, I guess. You know, I, that takes uh-huh. discipline to keep shoveling it down. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just don't have the self-discipline. That's why no one will remember me a thousand years from now, I guess. But uh-huh. man, yeah, Raphael, I, I know he he could he could. Uh, yeah, you can hit the gym for but, sure. But, you know, the same you could say about Dana. Dana, as we talked to his mother and found uh, a big show. Uh, well, you know, it, it's just, just crazy. Like my favorite phrase about that, and I was using this with Jeff as we were uh, corresponding. I said, you know, it comes down to this. That's a long walk mm-hmm. from that dressing room to that ring of that cage, even if it's only 50 feet, like the, the tough man place, that, you know, one of my tough man places. <laughs> It was around 50 feet, but I'm thinking, oh, it's a long walk here. And Jeff brought up a good point. People die in there. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, um, well, whatever. I mean, it, it just... Back to construction or a lot of these guys going to a gym and teaching the next generation. That's work. You don't just go in there and, you know, uh, show them how to hit the bag. You're in there throwing them around and working with them, actually showing them techniques, and, and that still hurts, uh, especially the older you get, I'm sure. Yeah, well, well you know, uh, my trainer, Marcus, uh, we got to get him on the ball. I just got to get, get up there and, 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 you know, see if we can get a commitment from Steve A. eventually, you know. But, uh, you know, when, when Marcus started, he, I believe, yeah, that was... I think it was at UFC 14 on the undercard of Maurice Smith and Mark Coleman. And at that time, uh, Marcus was just doing like an hour uh, one-on-one. Right. And, oh, did he, did he take a beating back then? And when I was training, it was 2003, he wound up in the hospital with uh, some severe neck problems. I mean, his body was pretty well beat up. And it's the way it is. I mean, it, 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 it's a hands-on situation. Fortunately, now he's branched off, and it's a much more professional facility than when I was there. So he has a boxing. It's saying he might, might want to take the winner of uh, Shamrock versus Gracie. <laughs> so, oh my God! That would be very interesting. Uh, I met Pat personally, and uh, you know, I, ne- I never uh, I got the full story of why he stopped fighting. Uh, but then somebody eventually told me it was uh, the neck injury. Um, but apparently he sounds like he's doing pretty well now. Uh, and then there's and Randy Couture talking talk about, about coming back Pat versus Fedor. Pat Dan the Beast Severn. I don't know how that ever happened, but back then, as you can see, weight divisions were really, uh, rejected. I mean, once that's in, it's, it's yeah. an addiction. All right, well, uh, we're running into about two and a half hours here, almost, for the whole broadcast, yeah, so we got to cut it. Wound up. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got Jeff <coughs> on awesome that. stuff. a lot of fun. And, uh, so yeah. uh, so I'll, I'll keep you posted week. on this thing with Mancini. This would sure be great to have him on. Boom, boom. Yeah. On the Fight News Unlimited show. Yep. Well, boom, boom, I'm going to be in this <laughs> thing and can't promise I can't guarantee success, but I'm sure going to give it everything I've got. talking about so. a guy who knows I'm about uh, people dying in the ring. Jeez. And I was able to follow a lot. And then, you know, I was living in California then, but then I was always... Uh, I was always back here in Ohio. I never really, even though I lived out there and worked out there, but I never, you know, some people leave here and they never come back, but I never lost my connection. Right. And so when I'd come back, I'd even try to, I, I never got to see them live, but everything was on television so much back then. So I just remember a lot of those fights coming up, so I, once I get his record out, I, I 
I will have seen a lot of those fights prior to the Alexis Aguero challenge and prior to the... All right, buddy, we'll enjoy it for this weekend. should be interesting, and uh, I guess we'll talk next week, huh? Yes, sir. Well, all the gang all right. was all back together for once tonight, and uh, every show was yeah. getting better. All right, bud. Sounds like a plan. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by, and that's all for tonight. And next week we will have another great guest for everybody.